This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Oh, wow. You're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. Oh. See? It's soft. Smooth ends. No flyaways. Shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E Secret Weapon. Only from John Frieda. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss of rotowire.com. This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. There's a special offer for new users. You can get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll also have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. I am, as usual, joined by Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. And I'm not going to sugarcoat what happened last week, Dalton. It was a bad week for us both individually and collectively, and it's really, uh, it, I don't want this to become a train wreck podcast where people are only listening to see how terrible our picks are and how much we can embarrass ourselves. It seems as though you, you're hoping for that, but correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's true. I know that they, what, the, whole, the famous Howard Stern thing is, you know, a lot of people, more than the majority of the people were listening to him because they hated him or whatever the, the ratings were, but I don't think that's still the case. But it was a terrible week for both of us. I think it was one of the worst weeks I've ever had against the spread. We went 0-5 in the Super Contest. I, I lost my main survivor entry with that terrible Arizona team. So, um, yeah, there's, as you said, no sugarcoating it. It was a, a real rough week. I only solace I have is that my San Francisco Giants pulled off a, a big wild card win last night, and I, I love Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, but that didn't help you last week, and that's coming in you know, four days later. So I don't think you can count that. It didn't mitigate the disaster of a weekend. I was just as bad. I lost in Survivor. I was four and eleven against the spread. You were three and twelve, which makes that actually makes me feel better. But also, I didn't know that until I wrote the article yesterday, so I didn't have the comfort of that while it was going on. Yeah, no, I, believe me, I'm, I'm aware how bad it was. I, I, I made a couple teasers that I lost, and and it all, most of those came down to Arizona just needing to win by a field goal. So it was doubly bad for me, losing money and Survivor. And man, they. They just – that wasn't – it wasn't like we just got bad luck either. There were a couple terrible uh, – sorry, not terrible, but shaky penalties that took away big gains by the Rams. I mean, that – yeah, Carson Palmer left with a concussion, but, 
Uh, that was just the wrong side. It wasn't even bad luck. Yeah, it was just it was just how it goes, you know. I mean, you, you pick Arizona, you think. I think the first three, four weeks of the season in that sort of no man's land are tough because you've got like fifty percent of last year still kind of weighing into what you think of the teams, and fifty percent of this year, and you say, oh, the real Arizona is the one that blew out Tampa, not the one that lost to Buffalo, because you've you're pricing in last year, right? And if it were the opposite, if and if it were the opposite, if Arizona were a bad team last year, you would have said the real Arizona was the one that lost to Buffalo you're using 50% of your information that comes from last year. And as you get to like week six or seven, you know, it's almost all from this year, less and less of last year starts to matter. And so when you're like four weeks in three, three weeks in the books, we're, we're thinking Arizona is what it, what they were, not what they are. And so yeah, I and this, 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 the setup to the Rams coming off two wins, the Cardinals coming off an embarrassing loss in which they were huge favorites. They shouldn't take them lightly after losing at home to the Rams last season. You know, all that stuff as far even like, you know, the intangible motivational factors seem to set up, you know, for the for the them not not an overlooked big favorite. I mean, this team should be I mean, you know, they're one and two. They needed to be focused. But, boy, they were just playing not a good team this year. Yeah, I mean, and, and they may end up being better or whatever, but the whole setup thing, I think we read too much into that. I think you can make money awesome. when a setup is very good in particular. Like you can get like a Monday night home dog that for some reason is being discounted and you see that spot. But I think like too often we just do this narrative stuff where, okay, well, here's what's going on. And, you know, maybe they lost because they're not that good. You know, and maybe the Rams won because <laughs> their defense is pretty good. You know, right. So, so it's actually the opposite of that. But either way, it's very hard to know what setup really means. I think sometimes you can say traveling cross country on a short week, stuff like that. That should be priced into the line or priced into the money line for Survivor. Arizona was, by the way, Arizona was the biggest favorite, and, and before game time, that line went all the way up to nine and a half. So, and the other ones went down to close to seven. So it, it was the chalk. I mean, it, it's not like you know we went crazy out on a limb to take this random team. And they lost. I mean, it was the favorite, but I think sometimes, like, I thought it was a good setup, too. I thought also sort of the Rams over their heads and yet getting, it was a big line. I mean, eight was a huge line in that game. You look at Minnesota, they're only six-point favorites over the Texans at home this week. And yet Arizona was favored by eight over the Rams, and that line went up. It was one of those. Like, oh, I saw it at 10. Yeah, I, I, I saw it at 10. Right. So it was one of those, like, oh, this is what the real, you know, obviously this is what the real info is, right? But it's a little dangerous. Like, if you just said, well, that's all big number to lay on a team that just went to Buffalo and got its ass kicked against a team that just beat Seattle and beat Tampa back-to-back weeks. I mean, not that Tampa's any good, but it was a win. It was a road win. It's like suddenly we're laying eight on that. It just seemed like it was so enormous that someone must know something, but there was nothing to know. It just was what it was. Yeah, and that's with Todd Gurley getting shut down too. I mean, just terrible tackling on that Brian Quick play and Keenum actually did make some plays. And like I said, there were a couple other big gainers in which were taken back by kind of ticky-tacky penalties that didn't even really affect the play. So, I mean, if anything, we could have lost even worse. That that was definitely uh, – yeah, and now it'll be frustrating if Arizona turns its season around and plays well. I'm I'm actively rooting against them from, from, from here, here on. It, it was like their game plan on defense was to let – was to stop Gurley and let Keenum beat them. And they did exactly that. Executed it. Yeah. Yes. They executed it very Good job. Well. You lost because Keenan made some plays and should have should have got more points. 
All right, let's move on to these games. But. One other topic. Um, well, before we get to that, speaking of rooting against Arizona, I'm going to head out of here as soon as this podcast is over and going to the 49ers uh, Cardinals game with a terrific uh, Drew Stanton Blaine Gabbert matchup that's going to be one for the ages. But one other topic I want to bring up really quickly because I, I don't want to get you talking too much about the Giants, but it's just really irritating me this narrative with uh, with Odell Beckham. And there was even news broke before, right before we started recording this, saying that if he blows up again. Uh, I don't even use, I hesitate to use that word um, blows up, but the, there's going to be a team imposed suspension. I mean, what is happening? I don't understand. He's he's gets a little upset on the sideline. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like the rest of the world is on crazy pills. I, I don't I don't understand what the deal is whatsoever. It's the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. You have this borderline submoronic coach. Submoron is actually a real category on intelligence tests. And he is doing a terrible job and, and for some reason just gratuitously throws his best player under the bus saying he's got to contain himself emotionally when all he did was bang into a net on the sidelines that didn't cost them any penalty. And the dumbass beat writers, I mean, the Giants beat writers are embarrassing, but they're all parasites. I mean, they just want to get any sort of juicy, gossipy story going and get the traffic from it. So you know what they're going to do. You can't blame them. You really got to blame the, the coach who's you know, ostensibly wants a winning team and happy players. Anyway, so he creates this thing and, and everybody's like, people are, they're like, Oh yeah. Odell Beckham. He's a spoiled little baby. He needs to get his act together and channel his emotions better. I'm like, dude, he's Randy Moss, Jerry Rice for two years. He, this isn't drugged out Chris Carter on the Eagles that needed to be cut and learn his lesson and then had a hall of fame career on the Vikings. This guy is succeeding. Know the difference between a player who's not living up to his potential because he's got personal character issues that you need to reach or discipline or whatever, and somebody who is absolutely living up to his vast potential. He's setting a new standard for what wide receiver potential is when you get into a league. Cannot compare him to somebody who's has all the talent in the world, but his head's not in the right place. This guy is doing it. What numbers do you think he would have put up if he were only living up to his potential? How much better do you think Odell Beckham would do if he were just trying harder? Yeah, I just love how the media gets to pick and choose which players are quote-unquote fiery and which ones are causing problems when ostensibly they don't have a clue. And I don't even understand what – I guess he did uh, get a penalty on that Monday night game. He got um, a taunting penalty, and you know taunting is just bullshit, right? They're throwing more of them this year, and it's a penalty that shouldn't even be on the books because it's like two grown men playing football. I mean, oh, you hurt his feelings? Oh, that's so mean. I understand – when he speared Josh Norman, that was the only legitimately bad thing right. he'd done. He should right. have been ejected. He didn't. He got suspended a game. That was all totally fair and, and right. And, okay, so that was like one legitimate mistake he made. All the rest of the shit is totally made up. And I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know why the Giants are allowing this to happen. I don't know why Jerry Reese is allowing this to happen. Ben Mackin, I know why he's allowing it to happen because he's just too dumb to know the difference. He's trying to exercise his authority. That guy's like an extra in deliverance, he looks like. And, I mean, this dude should never have gotten a real job, okay? And, and I don't know why Jerry Reese is, the ownership. They're all just so dumb. They believe this narrative, and it's the dumbest narrative ever. Again, this isn't a player. He, this guy lit up Josh Norman in the previous game. He lit up Josh Norman. Whenever they finally got the ball to him, Josh Norman had safety help and still couldn't stay with him. This is not a guy who, again, has all the potential in the world, but he's struggling because he's got a bad character. This is a guy who left to his own devices, was basically the best receiver in NFL history for two years, first two years of a career. Why are you messing with this? Why are you trying to destroy something that is not broken? Yeah, McAdoo would lose the banjo duel in deliverance, uh, I get the feeling. Um, not only are the Giants just uh, 
allowing it, as you say, but apparently they're taking a step further if this is really true. If, they're, if they actually do a team-imposed uh, suspension, if he has another quote-unquote meltdown, I, I don't want to see it happen because I have some shares of him in fantasy leagues, including the big money Stopa. But it would be kind of funny as a, you know, someone without ties to the Giants just to see them cut off their nose despite their face. I'll stop rooting for that fucking team if they do that. If they suspend him, fuck them. You know what I mean? They already put me through fucking Tom Coughlin the last few years, like how much of a fucking idiot he was. And now Ben McAdoo. And now they're suspend Odell Beckham. Screw it, man. I'll root for somebody right. else. I'll pick another guy. Right, I hear you. No, I hear you. I think it's absolutely infuriating. Like I said, I'm not even a Giants fan. I just... Who are these idiots? Here's what you do with Beckham. Here's how you coach Beckham. Get the fuck out of his way. Get the fuck out of his way. Okay? And why, he knows better than you do. He knows his job better than you do. And fuck Eli, too, by the way. That coward. That dude was going to be out of the league. He would have been out of the league by now. He would have been a journeyman backup. He would have been Matt Hasselbeck. He would have finished out his career like Matt Hasselbeck. But instead, this kid comes in the league and is putting Eli in the Hall of Fame. Okay? Eli had two and a half years where he was total garbage. I wanted to get rid of him. Odell Beckham is putting this guy in the Hall of Fame, and he doesn't say a goddamn word in his defense. <sighs> Oh, I'm glad that I brought this up. Uh, yeah, and what the fuck? How, how many have been reading this shit? It's, it's fucking it, – it's so moronic. How is it that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are running for president and Ben McAdoo is the coach of the Giants? What, what did I do in a past life to make it so that the people can, in control of things that I care about are like the lowest level in human history? I just don't understand it. I don't get it. All right, let's move on to the games. But I, I, I don't understand. Do you know how many receivers get upset on sidelines? It's just so bizarre to me that they're – They, that don't, this they didn't give them the ball to the middle of the second quarter. I mean, Ben McAdoo, seriously, it's like Hitler's number one, Stalin's number two, Pol Pot's number three, McAdoo's four. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, well, let's go to the picks list. I don't even give a fuck about these picks anymore. Okay, fine. This week I'm doing it differently. I basically just pretended I was Vegas – I wanted to pick a line that I would take the 11 to 10 odds if I were to open it to the public the way Vegas does. And obviously you want to set a good line where you think it's pretty 50-50 and you'll win money on the VIG. So I did that. And then when the line diverged from where I set it, then I would um, you know, take the, either the favorite or dog. This one is exactly where I set it, three and a half. I guess I'll take San Francisco because I took them at four where, where it was initially. But um, I'm not strong on this at all. I'm not strong yet. I think this line is correct. Uh, the Niners t- have played better at home. It's the short travel week, and Drew Stanton's been pretty bad, and maybe I'm still bitter, but this Arizona team, I don't know. Do they deserve to be a four-point, three-and-a-half-point, more than a field goal favorite on the road against anyone right now? So I also you know, picked San Francisco, but uh, I'm with you. I don't feel overly strong about it. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we got Houston plus – now it's up to six-and-a-half, but where we got it was six. What does it say in the Hilton contest? Six and a half. Yeah, I would still take Minnesota. I mean, six, six and a half. I mean, it's a, it is a little bit important, that number six, but it's not crazy important. Um, I, I had this line at eight. You know, I, I just think Minnesota and some of these defensive teams, maybe it's just a lot of defensive touchdowns and lucky big plays that they've been getting, but they're 17 and three in their last 20 against the spread. And I don't think people, at a certain point, people have to say, normally this stuff is not probative of future performance, but maybe in their case, they're doing something different than most teams, and it is. And if this line's under a touchdown, I, I'm going to take Minnesota at home. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, my biggest bet before the season was uh, the Vikings under nine and a half wins. 
Um, I might be able to rip that. I mean, they lost Adrian Peterson and their starting quarterback after I made that bet, and right. here they are undefeated. And the real deal, I am I'm going to stop. I've been fading them most weeks. I had them against the Panthers against spread, but for the most weeks, I've been picking against them. But I am absolutely. I like that. I would actually consider using this as one of our picks this game. Um, I, I, their defense is the real deal. McKinnon looks good, actually. Um, uh, Bradford, dating back to last year, I think you even mentioned this before the season, he actually was pretty good last season. I thought that might be a Chip Kelly effect, but he's solid. Brock Osweiler, by the way, has more interceptions and touchdowns and 6.5 YPA this And they season. haven't played a monster schedule. I mean, they had one tough game against Three New home games. Three home games. New England has a good defense, but with their backup QB for half the game, it wasn't a, a game they should have had to press, except that he just couldn't get anything going. Yeah, and Lamar Miller, that's fine. He's been, you know, solid fantasy-wise because he's getting all those carries, but he hasn't rushed for a touchdown yet either. Right. So I don't think this offense is very good. So I think Minnesota's going to shut them down and roll. I like the Vikings. Okay, so we'll probably use that as one of our picks. Good. I'm, I, that's, I want to. Good. Okay. Tennessee plus 3.5 at Miami. I think I said 3, uh, and it's 3.5, so I just took Tennessee. I mean, simple as that. These are equal, mediocre, shitty teams. Why not take the hook? Agreed. Exactly. Same exact analysis. Okay. I don't like, obviously, how could you like either of these teams? Um, and the Titans have been really bad, but I, they, they got to be better. Mario does, simply has to be better. And DeMarco Murray will, will score his weekly touchdown. So agreed. Just the three and a half made the difference for me. All right. New England uh, minus ten and a half at Cleveland. I had it at seven and a half. I thought 13 and a half at home. Cleveland's bad. New England's good. But, you know, that's about the spread here. It's not like Cleveland's the worst team in the last 10 years or New England. We can say yet until we get Brady and Gronk in sort of a groove, is the best team in the league. They might end up being, but I can't say that definitively. I thought a 13.5-point span, you know, if New England were at home, which is 7.5 on the road, was adequate, and now it's 10.5. And And I just think, yeah, New England could blow them out, but that's too much. I don't think a 16.5-point margin between the two teams that were in New England is, is warranted yet. Yeah, I could see New England blowing them out, of course. Their first shutout uh, in Gillette Stadium and Tom Brady back. He'll be pissed off. Everyone, you know, that's the narrative. Maybe a healthy Gronk. So, I, obviously, I wouldn't be shocked or something if they win by yeah. a couple touchdowns. But I, I, I took the home dog here. Cleveland, we used in our Super Contest last week, and they nearly won that game. And I obviously didn't end up not covering the two lost fumbles, including his second one. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was totally bogus. Know. And, I mean, they, they didn't even – the other team didn't even reco- – Washington didn't even recover the ball. And – um yeah, Cleveland's plenty competent. Cody Kessler, I, I think, at, at home. I mean, this game would be, what, 16 and a half? That's a massive spread. Yeah. I mean, would just be like mass- best team in the entire league versus worst team in the entire league. And I don't think we're there yet. I think New- Cleveland's a bottom three or four team, and New England's a top three or four team. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. 13 and a half is ample, and seven and a half on the road is 13 and a half at home. Right. Okay. So a couple other things I want to ask you about here. Um, I'm in one other uh, survivor uh, pool. I'm only in two. I know you're in a couple, but... Um, uh, that other one, I'm still alive, and I'm actually leaning toward going with the aforementioned Vikings over the Patriots because of the pot odds play. So why don't you talk about that a little? They're just getting overwhelm, overwhelmingly uh, popular this week, right? So the pot odds would be I, – I, I know you didn't list the Vikings quite as high, and I actually do have the Packers, but it's an interesting week to fade New England, correct? Yes. I, I, well, based on the numbers I had, and I'll look them up again. When I had it, it was like 48% around New England. If they were at home and they were 92% to win, that would be fine. You would just use them. But they're on the road. They're only 83% to win. And so when you have, you know, half your pool on them and they're only 83% to win, if you have a low-owned team like the Vikings or the Packers, you take them. I, I took the Packers because Vegas likes them a little better. And, but that mean now they're down to 45.3. 
The Packers are 8.5, Vikings 8.1. But once you get into single digits, the ownership percentage is kind of negligible. So I didn't go either way there. I mean, if you like the Vikings better, take them. Okay. One other question about uh, regarding this uh, specific team here, the Cleveland, I wanted to ask you about. This probably is more applicable to like DFS because we're talking about elite uh, starting wide receivers in which you're going to use in season-long fantasy. But last week, um, uh, what's his face? Um, what's his name on Cleveland? The uh, prior right. was a guy I used, uh, uh, you know, I recommended in DFS, and and and, they, and the coaches came out and said, you know, the size difference, the way they move him around, we're not going to shadow josh norman and of course he literally covered him on every single play now prior uh was fine because he scored the touchdown but how much do you go with matchups i know we talked about the the ty hilton example uh you know a couple weeks back um you know playing the slot and do how much would you factor that in again this is more probably you know applicable to dfs because i'm talking about the would you start these top five guys it still still happens like when you're weighing two options and season long that are close and you try to think about the cornerbacks I'm really about the extreme. So if Richard Sherman is covering my guy, I mean, I'm not going to probably use that guy. But the exception with Richard Sherman, since he's so big, is using Antonio Brown or one of the smaller, shiftier guys or Hilton or somebody versus Julio Jones or A.J. Green or someone big. But for the most part, I'd go with the extreme. So you have a peak Revis, Richard Sherman – you know, maybe and Sherman only stays on one side. It's funny you bring him up. Right. He, he actually only stays on one right. side. But like Monte Davis versus you know Alshon Jeffries, due for a big game. Kevin White is out. He's gotten inefficient, but a ton of targets. Like I don't know, Jeffrey maybe you know on paper looks like a good matchup this week, but maybe they just shadow him with Vonta Davis. And for all of the Colts' faults, they've actually defended wide receivers well. Do what I mean, do you take that into account? Yeah, I mean, some, sometimes you look at the whole secondary just in case they don't shadow. So then that's one thing. Sometimes you'll have a really good corner and a bad overall secondary. Like Washington's not that great overall, but Norman's good. Right. So you roll right. the dice because you're like, well, to the extent he won't shadow, then I'll get some big plays. But you don't really know. I mean, you just, you know, it, you, you look for news. Sometimes the news is misleading as, as what happened last week. Right. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's the secondary, not the corner. Sometimes it's only the corner that takes them all game. But I think you pay a little attention, and I think you pay most attention at the extremes, right? So it's just like anything else. It's like, do I want to have Gus Kowski or Justin Tucker as my kicker? Yeah, I do in a season-long league. Do I not want to have Cody Parkey? No, I don't want to have Cody Parkey. But are you going to tell me that you know the difference between Mike Nugent and Josh Brown? Are you going to tell me the difference between Chris Boswell and Greg Zerline? Who's going to be better? Who the hell knows? So I think you just it's just like that. It's just the rule is – it, it's, it's very nebulous information, but when the extremes are there, when you're up against a guy that does usually shadow and he's the best of the best, not use the guy in DFS and, and, and vice versa. When you're up against somebody who's terrible, you know, maybe the ownership level offsets the, you know, the temptation, but I would expect more out of a guy, uh, you know, against a really terrible secondary. All right. Fair enough. Um, what, do you, what line did you come up with for the uh, Jets and Steelers? Exactly what it is, seven, and I took okay. the Jets. Yeah, I did too. I just took the points. I mean, who's going to bet on the Jets after right. Fitzpatrick has nine interceptions the last two and weeks? And we just watched Pittsburgh in prime time just, you know, eviscerate Kansas City. So that just seems like a contrarian play. And I, uh, I picked up Fitzpatrick and friends and family. I've just been streaming QBs, doing fine doing it. And I think it's a good Fitzpatrick stream this week. Over under 48. Pittsburgh's going to score points. I think the Jets are going to have to throw a lot. Yeah, no, if no Eric Decker, I could see um, Brandon Marshall having a big game, actually, too, because of them having to throw. Um, what about Washington-Baltimore? Uh, this is the only pick on which we differ. And the line's actually moved in my direction. It was three and a half when I saw it. 
I took Baltimore. It's moved up to four, which is interesting to me because I don't know who's betting Baltimore right now. I just think Baltimore is one of those teams that's tougher at home. I know Oakland beat them last week, but it's just one game, and they're really well coached, and I think that um, they will beat Washington. Yeah, I just felt like anything could happen in this type of game. And Cousins struggles in the in the red zone, but he's picked it up a little. I Cousins also worse it. on the roads. Uh, well, at least last year yeah. he was a lot worse on the roads. He had big splits. You're right. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't argue with you here. This is just whatever. I don't feel this that was strongly. A- it was just, you know, it was a, two shitty teams, and I, I picked the one that plays well at home. Okay, so Philly at Detroit. Um, I don't feel like, oh, it's a lock. And I know I know Philly came in and crushed Chicago. They beat Pittsburgh in at home. But I just think you've got to take Detroit here. Philly might be good, but they've only played three games, and there's more game tape on Wentz, what he does well, what he doesn't. Not that Detroit is splitting the atom over there to exploit it, but <laughs> I just think that you've got to take them at home with the three, and, and I picked them to win outright. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I picked Detroit as well, but I struggle with this one. I just felt like the right side to be on because who would want – I mean, Detroit just looked terrible – uh, against the Bears and the Eagles coming off a bye, they look fantastic. But the thing, the reason that actually scares me the most about this isn't just how how good Wentz has looked, right? Um, but that Philly defense actually might be the real deal. And that, that well, who actually, knows who better, right? Does, does do the Lions know Jim Schwartz better? Or does Jim Schwartz know Stafford better? He's got to know Stafford better. He was his head coach for like four right. years, but right. it's a little different offense than when he was there. You know, with Jim Bob Cooter, different offense coordinator. I don't know how much of an advantage that is. And I actually had this game as a pick when I did the lines. So I was, you know, once I saw Detroit was getting three, I took them. Yeah, I, I did too, but I would not want to use this game at all. Okay. I, 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 I would, I would use it, but you don't have, you you would. have to. Yeah. Okay, let's okay. move on. So Chicago plus four and a half at Indy. I just felt these are equal teams, both bad. And give me the points. Yeah, so twice, and I mentioned this on our XM show already, but I'm going to reiterate it here. Um, this morning I did. Uh, twice so far this year, we have not used my best bet. We do the staff picks and, and wrote a wire, and we do every game. And twice we have not used my best bet, and they've both won. And the Super Contest, I mean. And last week I wanted to use the Cowboys, and it was one of the rare games in which I had correct. So that's not happening anymore. And uh, we are using my best bet, and this is mine this week. The Bears, not only are the Colts, for some reason, don't have a bye after playing in London. Right. But four and a half, four and a half points – they shouldn't be favored that over anyone in any venue. I mean, that's this team is awful. They're terrible. Even when they play well, um, they they still let a team come back. I mean, typically they're the one. They don't even start playing football until the, the second half. Uh, all eight of of uh, Andrew Luck's touchdowns this year have come when trailing. He has like a 4.0 YPA in the first quarter of games. The offensive line can't block. Uh, the Bears are plenty competent. Give me Chicago here in my best bet of the week. Yeah, and also Chuck Pagano is down there with Ben McAdoo as one of the stupidest coaches. Just not using his players, not opening up the game, trying to use Frank Gore and establish the run, just mindlessly doing that. He's one of the stupidest also. I I agree. I I like Chicago. And by the way, we could have used your game last week. I said all you need to do is stake your reputation on it, and you weren't willing to do that. I I felt that was a very small risk for you. Yeah, very small risk. I see what you did there. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I should have went to bat for it more. Uh, more. You're right. That's why, I, you I just, don't, you know, that's why it is not a big risk. It's because you're not willing to do things like that. That's precisely why it's not a big risk. Yeah, I, 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 I get I get what you're doing there. But, um, yeah, if it's my favorite bet among the 14 games, I probably should go to bat considering we get to pick five of them. So that's my bad. I'm not letting it happen again. Not since Ben McAdoo on Monday night have we seen cowardice. Of that level. I was, yeah, it's funny, too, because the Niners jumped out to a 14 nothing lead in that game, and I was thinking, you know, I'm glad Liz talked me out of this. But. 
Yeah, you're, not only did you not use it, not step up for it, but then you abandoned your conviction immediately early in the game. <laughs> immediately. You're, right. just like such a, you're such a broken man. Okay, so we're going to uh, – well, I mean, luckily there's no resistance on the Chicago one because I'm with you on that. Right. Atlanta plus 5.5 at Denver. I had this – I saw it at 6 on the staff fix. It went down even more. I had it at 6.5. So I took Denver. I think like Minnesota, this is a very good team. Denver's D is as good as anybody's. Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch look fine, obviously – be a little riskier having him start, but this team's just good, man. They're, they're, they're a good offense, which is the scariest part. And the D is, is obviously elite. They're so good. I mean, I can't really remember a team that just won the Super Bowl and is undefeated to start the year and not quite get the hype it deserved. Right. And the defense totally. is the real deal. They're, I even like their pass. It's funny. I actually really like Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas this week in fantasy terms or DFS, regardless of the quarterback. And the reason I like them, I don't like them more is because, oh, they're going to be playing with too big of a lead. That's how good this team is. Like, I, I like all their options. Like, their, their passing attack. Obviously, C.J. Anderson's a great start. Their defense is fantastic. Get them outside of the dome. Matt Ryan deserves is the league MVP through the first month, and he's played fantastic. Second year in, in Kyle Shanahan's system, they're, they're awesome. They look really, really good. But, I mean, Denver, you get them at, at home, and, and I think they can, like I said, on offense, they'll be just fine even if Lynch – is QB in this game. So I, I like Denver to cover the spread here. Yeah, I really like Sanders and Thomas's fantasy players now. I was really worried about them because I thought, oh, they're not going to throw. But to totally. Kubiak's credit, who used to be a coward, he was punting a lot and fourth and short and plus territory. He was too reliant on the run. And he always would run in the red zone or throw to the tight end. He didn't use Andre Johnson at his peak very much. But Kubiak has let these guys play quarterback. And I thought when Peyton Manning was gone, their player coach, they'd go into a shell and they have not done that. And even when the rookie came in in the second half, they just kept going with it. And I just feel I, a lot of respect to maybe winning the Super Bowl kind of get, you know, that always gives you a little cushion there as a coach where you're not so worried about losing your job every second. But he's he's done a good job. Do you want to use this one? Sure, I would use it hap- happily. Okay. All right, done. Okay, now this other one was crazy. I actually had this as, I think I had the Rams minus three and a half. Or no, I had the Rams minus five and a half, actually, on this. Hmm. Yeah. I thought the Rams are better. They're at home. It's going to be like five and a half, or it should be like five and a half. And they're getting, they're laying less than three. They're laying two and a half. And I'm yeah, like, super contest, super contest is just two. I don't. I mean, you know, maybe that you know, Massey Peabody play success rate shit or something like the Vegas books are looking at that or some sort of. You know, they, they know that the Rams' offense has been terrible so far, but I don't see it. I, 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 this will really if, if Buffalo wins this game easily or something i'll be like wow you know vague chalk went up for vegas but to me this is just self-evident you just less than three is, is a gift oh let's use this one I'm, I'm totally on board um i uh i mean it's going to be hot in los angeles a long travel I, I would say i don't like you know betting on the rams coming off a big upset win but so is buffalo so i mean yep. sean mccoy is playing really well but no sammy Watkins. i still question that offense uh, the rams defense is is for real i actually do like I do like Todd Curley this week in DFS and in your fantasy teams. Um, yes, let's use it. Okay, good. You down. And Rex Ryland talks shit about Aaron Donald. He said Aaron Donald couldn't carry right. Sheldon Richardson's jockstrap. And not that, that all that shit's bullshit, but Aaron Donald is you know like the best defensive player in the NFL right now. Yeah, he's he's really good. No, let's 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 use this one. Okay, and we got San Diego plus three and a half at Oakland. It's before the Verrett news. I picked this game, so that hurts a little bit, but. I don't know. I just I think the Raiders are garbage, and I, I think San Diego is basically the same garbage as the Raiders. And I'm getting the hook, so I took San Diego. 
All right, well, we both keep fading the Raiders, and I've done it again uh, this week, and I'm admitting that I might just very well be wrong there. They, they keep suck. winning. Maybe they've they, already won maybe, three, not only road games, but Eastern time zone games. I mean, it's... it's they, uh, they, beat the Saints. they lost to the Saints. Let's just get this straight. They're two and two. A referee made it three and one. So let's just get that straight. Then they lost at home to Atlanta, which isn't as embarrassing as we thought at the time. Not at all. No. So that was after Atlanta lost to Tampa. We're like, yeah, Atlanta's garbage. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Ravens by one. I didn't see the entire game. I know Terrence West fumbled. And they beat um, somebody else that wasn't that good. I can't remember. It was like the Titans or something. It was the Titans. Yeah, they won in Tennessee. And, that, and Andre Johnson caught a game-tying touchdown that they called a very shaky offensive P.I. Right. So, I mean, you know, let's not, you know, let's not get excited. Yeah, and, you know, every, I mean, Derek Carr somehow threw 32 touchdowns last year with 7.0 YPA. Yeah. Well, he already has one game this season in which he had three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 6.6 YPA. Last week, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 5.7 YPA. So um, what do you make of this? I mean, maybe, he, you know, YPA is just a, a stat, right? It's just an efficiency stat. But it's pretty stat. good. But pretty, he pretty. might just be, doesn't make mistakes, converts in the red zone. Like, let's say, like, he's got those two qualities. Like, somehow that's repeatable going forward. That would be worth something, right, above and beyond just YPA. You'd think, like, efficiency in the end is king and it catches up to you. But maybe he's the rare guy who can get away with it. I'd fade it. I'm not impressed. Yeah, with no with no Verrett, I actually think now it would be an interesting contrarian DFS play to go with Cooper. This, I mean, the over-under in this is 50. I think this could be a shootout. And San Diego, like your Giants, although that didn't work uh, last week for the latter, I like them far more as underdogs than favorites. I mean, that was miserable. Another one of our losses in Super Contest last week was watching them try to protect that lead. By the way, Melvin Gordon sucks. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care. He can score 100 touchdowns this year, and he still sucks. They cannot run at the clock with him. He's not a power runner. They, he fumbled, and even the next series, they stopped. He is not a guy that can just pound the other team. And if he's not that, then what is he? He's not Danny Woodhead either. So what is he? He might have another nice game this week because I think, I think the Raiders are giving up the most yards per carrier or up there. Right. And they, but, but, but no, I, I totally agree. Dude, last I don't week, think a couple weeks ago, it was against the Colts. He didn't do much. And then last week, he had a game against, it was against the Saints. Saints. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's had the easiest schedule ever, and he's averaging like three yards a carry. I mean, he's not good. Agreed. You know that. So they've they've blown two 13 point fourth quarter leads, and no other team in the NFL has blown one. Three turnovers in the final seven minutes last week. It's just ugly in San Diego. But I do like. I do think that they. You know, everyone's off them. I think they probably keep this divisional game close this week. I agree. All right, Cincy minus one at Dallas. I had this game. In this game, I'm really fifty fifty on, and I'm probably wrong. But I had this is Cincy plus two and a half. Okay, less than three. I think Cincy's a little better. But again, we, we got to get beyond last year. This year is starting to matter more than last year as we get to week five. I think Dallas has been a little bit better this year. Cincinnati was much better last year. But Dak Prescott is a huge upgrade. And since he lost Marvin Jones, who's clearly showing he's a good receiver, Tyler Eifert, who, you know, mm-hmm. is not coming back. It doesn't look like this They've week. really struggled in the red zone without him. Like, right. that's, just, that's not just us talking anecdotally. Like, that has been a factor. Yeah, and, and like Jeremy Hill's still that sort of plotting power back, and Geo's kind of a shifty receiver. But – they're not blowing anyone away, those two. So I just think it's Cincinnati's a good team, not a great team. They're going on the road against another, I would say, above-average team. So if they're laying a point, again, I had them at two and a half, so it's not like you know minus one or plus two and a half is actually quite close. But just I had a narrow lean toward Dallas. I'm with you that this was one of the, the tougher games for me, and it took me a while. But I don't actually think it would have been that insane if Dallas was just favored with the, you know, the – 
the customary three at home. I I, I mean, I, I get why people think the Bengals are, are better, but there's something to be said for not turning the ball over. I know it's a small sample, but it is pretty impressive that Prescott has what he's done so far, and they're at home, and their defense may not have the greatest like per play numbers, but they seemingly aren't that easy to score on. So I, I, I am with you. I sided with Dallas, but it was a close call for me. All right, Giants plus 7.5 at Green Bay. looks like this line went down to 7. Who would you use in I'm having to decide a decision to make between Kirk Cousins or Andy Dalton this week? I'll, I'll go with whom you tell me to right now. I would go with Dallas is actually not bad against receivers. They're worse against the run. And Cousins, this game over-under is 45. Baltimore's Dallas pretty games, tough, though. Same, same under, over-under. Uh, Washington's implied total is like two points less than – than Cincinnati's I guess I'd go Dalton I would go Dalton I think all right that's what I have in now Baltimore although they've given up eight passing scores second lowest YPA against in the NFL 6.0 right now so yeah yeah, there's a lot worse on the road and Dalton and AJ Green sometimes connect on the road more so I would stick with Dalton okay done okay Giants uh at Green Bay if you're playing me though I I hope you're not playing me I've done that I've asked you or other people that I'm actually playing for advice without telling them that I'm playing them uh, it, it was seven and a half when I looked at it. I took the Giants. I obviously hate the coach, but I thought Green Bay's not that good. And the Giants, if they don't turn it over a ton and, and McAdoo doesn't, I mean, he'll call a terrible game, but so will Mike McCarthy. I mean, these are two of the stupidest coaches, and obviously uh, McAdoo's fruit from the poison McCarthy tree. So I, I'm just going to take the Giants. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but I'm just going to take them. Yeah, it is super contest. It is seven and a half, and I took the Giants as well. Once again, I like them better as an underdog, although that did not work well Monday night. Now they're traveling in a short week, and is uh, well, Green Bay. They're coming off a bye, right? And and uh, they're so much better at home. And everyone just saw the Giants lay an egg on national TV, so I can't really see many people backing them. But I, I really like our guy Beckham to to go crazy in this game. And well, uh, if they call his number, I mean, you know, you need McAdoo to call the plays and he's a douchebag enough to like punish him. And then Eli, as I said, he's a total coward. You know, he's trying to get, he was getting rid of the ball. He had sort of the panicky feet where he had time, but he's getting rid of the ball too quickly. Is he going to throw to Beckham? Is he going to throw deep to Beckham? Is he going to get this going? I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I would use Beckham in DFS for sure. And obviously in season long, it's not even a question, but I don't know, man. I, I'm still taking the Giants. But, so the Packers have allowed the league low 1.8 yards per carry. I mean, the next lowest is 3.1. Right. And I believe they've allowed the second highest YPA conversely. And at home, you'd think they're going to put Shields up points. I mean, Sam Shields the, is out this week. Yeah, the recipe could not be greater for the Giants having to throw the ball. I but, mean, they should be playing from behind. But I, I do get the feeling that everyone in uh, the DFS world, you know, he's due. I, I don't think I'm exactly being a contrarian here. I, I'm going to guess that Beckham's widely, you know, widely owned. Yeah, I'm sure. But McAdoo is stupid enough against the Saints, who were like the worst pass defense in history, and and lost Delvin Bro that week. But he Saints can't score. Like, they tried to establish the run unsuccessfully and just kept at it. But that required a defense that had a defensive touchdown. The Saints are not nearly as good at scoring on the road. This, I think, the Packers are going to put up points. But yeah. I, I I hear you. I mean, I, I don't want to trust McAdoo. Never, but I do think. never put it past him. You you don't know what that man is capable of. But I like the Giants, too, with the points. I will take they, – they, I think that they'll keep it close enough. All right. And finally, Tampa, we don't know for sure, but we got seven here on the line pending uh, Cam Newton's health. I took Tampa. I think anybody could, either could win this game. You know, the Vegas odds and the percentage own numbers for Survivor kind of like Carolina also. But I, I don't trust them at all. I think they're a broken team. I think their D sucks. And I think this is easily backdoor cover, if not backdoor win. So I'm taking the points. 
Yeah, they've allowed the third highest YPA this year, Carolina. Totally different without Josh Norman. A different year, a banged up Newton who might not even play. Obviously, Tampa Bay's looked atrocious themselves. But I think Winston has a bounce back game and keeps us close enough. I, I took the dogs as well. All right, so we're pretty much in agreement on everything. Let's go over our picks. We're definitely taking Minnesota. So fade accordingly. Fade accordingly. Yeah, exactly. You want a lot. You can't. You can't ever profit off of bad handicappers. By the way, if you try, that's the week they'll do well. Right. You can only use it as confirmation once it's too late to change that your picks are good. You cannot right. use it as active fading. I've learned this. My brother has a friend who is always wrong, but if you ever try to fade him, he's right that one day. You can only use them as confirmation, not as a basis for picking. Okay. I believe we put this in action to ourselves when Vegas calling my, my, my friend and colleague, Brad Evans, with college basketball picks. Yes, we did. I tried to fade him. He went 4-0. and Then I went, and I was like, oh, maybe he's into it. Maybe he's onto something. Bet all his four picks, went 0-4. Just don't ever, don't ever do that. I didn't tell him. It's so mean. I called him on the way to Vegas on the drive and was like, hey, what's up, Brad? He's like, what's up? I'm like, hey, I'm driving to Vegas. I need some college hoops. It was during the March Madness. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And he's, like, enthusiastically giving me these picks. Okay, I'm doing the other side of that. I'm doing the other side of that. I was a total dick, right? Just, I didn't want to, like, make him biased. You know what I mean? I just wanted to act like I was – I wanted the straight dope from him. I didn't want, like, of course. him yeah, to edge yeah. or do anything. So I, I faded him, and he was 4-0 and oh on those picks. And the next day it was the reverse. That's so funny. All right, so, who, so we're going with um, – Minnesota. Who are we going with? Bears? Yeah, Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. We're definitely doing the Bears. We're doing Denver. We're doing the Rams. And, and then we did not we did not come up with a, a fifth. I, I I wrote down, but I'm open to whatever you think. I wrote down maybe the Browns. I don't like it as one of the five. I le- I think it's the right side to be on, but I could New England may just destroy them. Okay, what do you think then? Um, I like Detroit. You don't like that one. I like. Yeah, I mean it's probably the right side. I like Tampa and Detroit. Those are the two I like. Although I could see Carolina just getting it together. But again, you start to get to week five. You know, last year is last year. You know, you start to look at what teams have done this year. But I, I, Detroit would be my fifth, personally. Yeah, I'm okay with it because that just feels like such the right side. I can't imagine. I, I guess that's got to be like one of those 80% people have to be on the side. I could look side. it up. I mean, I could look it up on the on that site. I'll look it up right now. Fill some air. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll Fill some air like you usually do with bullshit that just takes up time. Right. <laughs> just like normal then. I'll, yeah, I'll pencil in um, – I'll pencil in the, the the lines. That makes sense. I'm going to guess that the, the vast majority of public money would yeah, be I mean, on. It's definitely going to be the majority. The question is, is it like 70 or is it like 90? And so, uh, that always doesn't matter. It's not as simple as that. Right, okay, but, uh, look, I've, yeah. I've got the site up. I'm okay, looking. Sure. It is 82% are on that's, Philly. Right. So. That's what I said, at least 80. Okay. All right. Let's go Lions. Okay. Done. Sure. All right, man, you good? I'll say one thing about politics. I don't give a fuck anymore about this election. It's it's screwed up either way. But I will say something funny about Trump. Apparently, and this was documents, not sure where they got these documents, but it was from his own lawyers. They said they needed to have two of them meet with Trump when they were talking to him because he just lied so much. So it's like if you if you were somebody with somebody, like you're figuring out like what the terms were of something. And you went by yourself, it would just be your word versus that other person. When the dude lied so much, they'd always go in tandem just to make sure they could be like, but he said that, didn't he? That, how crazy is that? His own lawyer said that in a deposition. That's pretty funny. I mean, just so, it's so crazy that the choices we have are so bad. Anyway, that's all I got to say about that. All right, man. Uh, yeah, so I'll be at the Niner game tonight. I'm sure you'll be jealous when you watch this. Uh, I don't know if you're going to stay up for that. But um, no. go Giants. Big, big win last night. Now the coming for the Cubbies. I just saw the series line. They're minus 260. Oh, the that's, Cubs. that's a great. You got to bet the Giants, man. 
I mean, that's pretty massive for a baseball baseball yeah. game. I mean, I oh oh, just the one game is minus two sixty. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, series. No, no, series. My, I said that wrong. Every just, series yes. in the playoffs is like fifty fifty. If anything, because Bumgarner just pitched, it should be like you know minus one forty on the Cubs, minus one fifty, minus two sixty. What the fuck? Yeah, well, now you're jinxing me, but uh, no, no, I, <laughs> anyway. I'm, t- I'm not trying to jinx you. I'm serious. It's like it, it's best of five series. It's like anybody can win. And, 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 you know, the Cubs like Lester and Kyle Hendricks, they're good. But you don't fear those two dudes, right? It's not like, oh, you can't score a run and off It's them. not like the Giants just have Bumgarner. There is Cueto. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, Cueto is just like one of those guys, like Hendricks. I know the Cubs, the Cubs are definitely better. But, yeah, they're really good. <laughs> but, come on, minus 260 in a baseball playoff series? That's just – that's like NBA. I, I'm rooting for the Giants. I like them. I like that team. And I like Cueto. I was glad well, I'm excited them. for this – Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm excited for this upcoming game uh, to today. Me. It's got nothing to do with you. I, I like them in spite of the fact that you root for them. All right. Fair enough. I, I'm excited for this uh, Blue Jays-Texas uh, matchup. You know, the, the bat flip last year, Batista, then he was hit earlier this year. You know, the last time these teams faced each other, uh, Runit Odor, you know, punched Batista know. in the jaw. Yeah, I know. This one, he'll flip the bat super fast into the dude's face as he's rounding right. second. Right. All right, man. Let's get back on track. This is absolutely an embarrassment. Okay. Embarrassment so far. And we we got to go five and zero oh this week. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go four and one. I'll take four and one. And we're just warming it up now. All right. All right. Cool. Take it easy. All right. Later, listen. All right, man. This podcast is sponsored by Fanduel. There's a special offer for new users. Get a free six month RotoWire subscription with a ten dollar deposit on Fanduel. Go to Fanduel.com/rw. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that ten dollars available to play with on Fanduel. It's more than forty dollars in value for just ten bucks. Go to Fanduel.com/rw.